Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hello, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. Guess what today is? I'm not sure which one you want me to answer. Which word? It's, it's Friday. I it know is you like Friday, that. and I I love Friday. I love when Friday comes around. Most people probably aren't going to hear this episode to the following Monday or Tuesday because we <laughs> we obviously got other things going on today. That's exactly right. But I'll tell you, uh, like I like to say every Friday, if you are in the Tampa area, come Sunday, we're going to be gathering to worship at Livingston, and we'd love to meet you, love to talk to you about text talk or maybe other Bible questions or spiritual questions you might have. But come out and worship with us at Livingston. All the information you need to know is at our website, christiansmeethere.org, christiansmeethere.org. Hope you're having a blessed day. Yeah, and you know what else today is? Yeah. It is Christmas. It's Christmas Day. Folks are thinking about Christmas. It's family time, and I realize that a lot of folks are involved with that. I hope that we can just spend 15 minutes with you on this special day. Maybe your whole family can gather around and listen in. Because I'll tell you what I want to talk about today, Andrew. Uh Uh-huh. I want to talk about Jesus. It's a good day for it. I know lots and lots of people, and we, we, you know, I don't want to get into the discussion about whether this day is supposed to be about that or not. I just know that a lot of people today are thinking about Jesus. Of course. And so what a wonderful time to actually talk about him. And I'm not just making it up. I'm not just trying to shove it in here because I know lots of people are thinking about that. I think it's actually in Psalm 17. Well, of course it is. So let's, let's talk about let's it. Let's look at Psalm 17. Finishing I said Psalm 16, 17. didn't I? Psalm 17. Psalm 17. Psalm 17. All week. All week long until the end of this episode. This is from the CSB, Christian Standard Bible, Psalm 17, a Davidic prayer. Lord, hear a just cause. Pay attention to my cry. Listen to my prayer from lips free of deceit. Let my vindication come from you, for you see what is right. You have tested my heart. You have visited by night. You have tried me and found nothing evil. I have determined that my mouth will not sin concerning what people do by the word of your lips. I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps are on your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call on you, God, because you will answer me. Listen closely to me. Hear what I say. Display the wonders of your faithful love. Savior of all who seek refuge from those who rebel against your right hand. Guard me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who treat me violently. My deadly enemies who surround me, they have become hardened. Their mouths speak arrogantly. They advance against me. Now they surround me. They are determined to throw me to the ground. They are like a lion eager to tear, like a young lion lurking in ambush. Rise up, Lord. Confront him. Bring him down. With your sword, save me from the wicked. With your hand, Lord, save me from men, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their bellies with what you have in store. Their sons are satisfied and they leave their surplus to their children. But I will see your face in righteousness. When I awake, I will be satisfied with your presence. Before I get to what I I really want to talk about today, I I have to go back. I I will tell you, I almost accidentally read verse 11. They advanced against me. Now they surround me. They are determined to throw me under the bus. (laughs) It just almost came out. I I don't know why when I was reading it there, that's what I expected to see next, even though I know it's throw to the ground. Well, that's so funny because I'm looking at my verse 11. Of course, New King James is a little bit different, but they've set their eyes crouching, and I always want to go crouching tiger. (laughs) Hidden dragon. Yeah, I know. I know. So our, our... 
Oh, Our eyes play tricks on us. Yeah, as long yeah. as we can get back to what it actually says. That's it. What it That's actually it. says. Now, here's here's the fascinating thing. So let's talk about what it actually says. Not not kind of what I hope it says, but what it actually says. And this is another one of those psalms where we have a problem. The problem that we have is that we actually know David. <laughs> Know him to be the man after God's own heart. He is the man after God's own heart. But I tell you what man he is not. He is not a man whose lips were free from deceit. He is not a man that if God tested his heart would find nothing. He, you know, he may be a man that determined that his mouth wouldn't sin, but he's not a man whose mouth did not sin. He, he's not a man who avoided the ways of the violent. He's not a man whose feet did not slip. That's not him. Hmm. He's not that man. And so now we have to figure out how on earth is it that David is praying this prayer? Well, what the commentators would tell us, and I think as far as from David's perspective, this is certainly true that, well, we've got a couple of things here. Number one, he's probably speaking in the context of whatever specific accusation those who are coming against him are making against him. That sounds fair. He's not saying, look, I'm perfect. He's saying in this issue, I didn't lie. This accusation that they're making against me about violent words, I didn't do those. I'm innocent of this particular charge. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense to purposefully lie to God in a prayer to God. No. No. So he's probably, whatever is written here is in a a, uh, good... What good conscience? He's well, saying sure. it in good he, conscience. He flat says this, this is not being spoken from deceit. Right. You know? So, right. so you know, I, how, how does he say that? He can only say that from a standpoint of in this instance. And then, of course, what we're going to get is, well, he must have written this before that whole thing with Bathsheba and Uriah. Well, I mean, obviously, we can point to that that episode and say there there he fails at every point that he can fail. In fact, everything in this psalm he did that the psalm said he didn't do. Right in that situation, especially you you point to it. But um, you know where, where I'm at is you have these psalms that are psalms of uh, you know repentance and lament and seeking forgiveness. This one's not in that vein. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And yes, when we get to that kind of psalm, one of the things that we can learn for us today is that in those moments when we are being unfairly attacked, Mm -hmm. when we are innocent of the charges that are being brought against us, we can pray this kind of prayer. Yeah. And and, and I want to hold on to that. I don't want to lose that at and all. There's even other kinds of psalms where the, the, per, the declaration, I'll just say, of innocence and injustice is, is so clear. It even moves to imprecation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so God, act now to make this right because I've not done it and I need deliverance. And there's other psalms that are set in the snapshots of I am super guilty. Yeah. And, and I'm right. glad that there are those Laments psalms as well. Forgiveness and all that. But here's what I would like us to think about. I, I want to throw this out and just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll throw it up against the wall. We'll see if it sticks. I think that we can say very much the same thing about Psalm 17 that was said about Psalm 16. And what I mean by that is this, that in, we look at Psalm 16 and on the day of Pentecost and then later when Paul was preaching, what those two brothers were able to say is, guys, I've read Psalm 16 and what I know about Psalm 16 is this thing that David says about himself was not literally true. Yeah. yeah. He did die. Mm-hmm. His body did see corruption. We can today, of course, talking for them, we can go to his tomb and we could dig him up and yes. we could see how that's happened. 
So now we're telling you, because he was a prophet and because God had promised him he was going to set somebody on his throne, he is actually talking about someone else. Right. Now I can look at Psalm 16 and I can realize how that applies to David and, and how David meant it for himself. But what he meant for himself metaphorically, what he meant for himself in a limited sense was actually applied to Jesus in an absolutely literal sense. Sure. Prophecy and fulfillment. And what I want to say is we see the same thing in Psalm 17. I'm excited about that, honestly. You know, David is a type of Christ and a foreshadow of him. Absolutely. And so we're going to see, I think, a lot of Jesus in all of these Psalms. I'm with you. Well, I think that's one of the things we need to recognize. I, I, I don't know who said this first. I've always heard it attributed to uh, Tommy Peeler as if your list of Old Testament prophecies of Jesus is smaller than all of the Old Testament, you're missing some. <laughs> And uh, or he said it something like that. Anyway, I think that's the thing here. You know, Jesus, when he was resurrected, he went back to the apostles in Luke chapter 24 and verse 44. And he says, look, this this had to happen so that all the things that were said about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms, all these things had to come true. What I want to suggest is that Psalm 17 is one of those things. I'm with you. Similarly, when uh, he talks to the the two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus, right? Mm-hmm. And he and he opens up their mind in the scriptures and explains all this stuff. And, and after he leaves, they're like, oh, it was him. Uh, I would have loved to have been a fly on the yeah, wall yeah. to hear how that sermon went. You know, it's, it's interesting to me that folks will recognize that when we're reading those passages and will say things like, boy, I just wish I could have heard that sermon and all the passages that they used. And, and then the idea that we have to limit it to only the passages that get quoted in the New Testament is actually being about Jesus. I, I don't know that Psalm 17, maybe I've missed it. I don't know that it gets quoted about it, but Andrew, when I read this, I see Jesus all over the psalm because the things that that were metaphorically true about David, things that were maybe true about David in this one circumstance and with this one instance are actually true about Jesus in absolute, absolutely, (laughs) absolute literality. Walk us through it. Give us a couple of highlights. I mean, it's amazing. All right. You've tried my heart. You've visited me my night. You've tested me. You'll find nothing. I have purpose that my mouth will not transgress. Here's Jesus who nothing. You could find nothing. Who, by the way, you know, there's this wonderful story about a guy who came to him by night to try to test him. Not only that, but in his trials, he would not speak. He would not speak. And Peter makes a point of that, that that he he was silent and trusted the Lord and all that so that he did not transgress with his mouth. And as he's got all these enemies coming at him, I have avoided the ways of the violent. One of his disciples didn't want to avoid the ways of the violent, but he said, put that sword away. I avoid the ways. Now, here's this. My feet have not slipped. That word for slipped is our word that we saw in Psalm 15 and Psalm 16. They shall not be moved. They shall not be shaken. Remember remember back in Psalm 15, we realized, oh, wait a minute. The only one who this really applies to is Jesus. He's the one who won't slip. And what do we have? He didn't slip. When the devil tempted the Lord, he quotes scripture to him and talking about how the angels would uh, uh, catch him. You know, if he slipped mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, it says it anyway, goes on with that. He doesn't slip. Well, you brought up that temptation. Think about this with regard to the works of man by the word of your lips. I have avoided the ways of the violent. How did Jesus respond to Satan's temptation? Yeah. By the word of God's lips. All right. He is. Look, 
God wondrously showed his steadfast love to him. He sought refuge at the right hand of God, even on the cross. What does he pray? Into your hands I commit my spirit. All right. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who do me violence, from my deadly enemies who surround me. I mean, that's... That's that Passion Week. That's those last couple of days of his life, the last day of his life. They are surrounding him. And even the apple of your eye, when the voice of God speaks in the New Testament about Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, Mm -hmm. right? He sees him and he's pleased by him. Yeah. And these folks have closed their hearts to pity with their mouths. They speak arrogantly. They've now surrounded our steps. They've set their eyes to cast me to the ground. They're like a lion uh, eager to tear apart. We, We know we've got other passages which talk about the, you know, the the wolves and the bears and all these that are tearing at them, the wicked folks who are surrounding him. It's the same kind of imagery here, the wild dogs that are encircling. It's the same kind of imagery. And so he says, confront him, subdue him by your hand, by your sword. You know what the problem with all these people is? Their portion is in this life. All right, here it is. Here's the wonderful thing. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. You want to talk about literal fulfillment? Mm -hmm. Jesus, by the way, prayed three times in the garden. Yeah, that's right. We've got three prayers here. As he's prepping prepping for the cross, he prays three times. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we've got this issue. He's facing death. Mm -hmm. And what he really knows is the deliverance is not from death, but it is through death. And where's the satisfaction going to be? It's not going to be in coming down off of this cross and proving to the world that I am the Messiah. It's going to come from when I awake. Yeah, when I awake in your likeness. You know, there in Luke 24 and verse 44, Jesus went all about the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, talking about the fact that he was supposed to suffer and he was supposed to rise on the third day. Now, I'll admit, I can't get third day out of Psalm 17, but I tell you what I can get. He was going to suffer violence, he was going to die, and he was going to wake up. And that is exactly what he did. If I want to see where the Lord promises that his chosen one does that, I think I've got it right here in Psalm 17. Yeah, the echoes to the life of Christ and and the gospel accounts are are just incredible in this psalm. Uh, You were saying, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think this is about Jesus. I don't think you're out on a limb at all, man. (laughs) Well, good. That's exactly right. That's where it is. Well, we should see Jesus here. And what a powerful thing it is. He was attacked. He was encircled. He was surrounded. Mm -hmm. And he did that in innocence Mm -hmm. and righteousness. And he died And he awoke. And because he did, because he did, David could pray this prayer about himself, even though the innocence was not literally across the board true. I can pray this prayer. You can pray this prayer. We can look forward to awaking because Jesus fully, literally awoke. It's amazing. It is. It's incredible. Uh, We hope that uh, you're encouraged in this podcast. We hope that you will continue uh, listening. Lord willing, we'll be back next week, and we'll be talking about Psalm 18. Subscribe to the podcast. Share it with a friend. Give us a rating. It helps other people find it. We appreciate it so much. We're going to have a word of prayer now. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time today. Thank you for this week that we've been able to open up your word and read this prayer of David, this Psalm 17. And to appreciate how it foreshadows, how it it brings vocabulary and structure to our understanding of Jesus Christ. 
and it, it gives us a fuller appreciation of all who Jesus is and what he did. And it's such a blessing to be your people, to know your distinct love. Father, to walk in hope that one day we shall awake in your likeness, that we will arise just as Jesus did first in the glory of his resurrection. Father, we want to walk in your way and serve you until that day. Please bless us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.